No, I read I read a like plot synopsis and I was like, oh no, I already watched that. It was the sequel to To All the Boys I've Loved Before. <laughs> We're done with that now. Right. And I'm sure that did it better. So You're listening to Love Ya, your guided tour through the wide and wonderful world of streaming teen film and rom-coms. I am one of your co-hosts, Martha Sullivan, uh, adult services librarian, and I'm not a Halloween enthusiast, but I am a spooky story enthusiast. Um... I, I have hypothesized to people in the past that one of the reasons I don't get super excited about Halloween is because I enjoy spooky stuff all year round. Uh, but I understand that it is currently the reason for the season. Uh, and I am joined, as always, with my other co-host. I'm Martin Hagman, adult services librarian. And absolute inverse of you, Martha, Halloween is my favorite holiday, and I am not a lover of spooky things. I like dressing up in costumes and eating candy. Um, so I have always been a big fan of Halloween as a holiday, um, but am one of the world's biggest scaredy cats when it comes to spooky things. So I guess my question to you is, what stops you from dressing up in costume and eating candy all year round? That's a good question. That honestly is something I should consider more. I mean, nothing stops me eating candy yeah. year round. Um, as anyone who has ever gone on a road trip with me or has watched me walk into a gas station will attest. <laughs> or my coworkers who uh, know about my candy drawer uh, in my desk. I, I am a all candy all the time. Um, but yeah, I really, I really should consider dressing up in costume more often. I and see that's the thing about Halloween that I like the least because costumes stress me out so badly. Like I'm not a super creative person and I'm not a crafty person, so I have trouble thinking of and then making creative costumes. So on Halloween, I'm just like I just want to stay home and watch a scary movie and eat a lot of candy bars. Hey, if that's the way you want to celebrate Halloween, I feel like there's a different way to celebrate for everyone. And, um, yeah, whatever you enjoy. I also, one thing I love about a Halloween party is some folks, like, come in a super decked out costume. Some folks put on a silly, like, hat. Like, I feel like there's room for all at however you, you would like to celebrate Halloween. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. Today, today we are celebrating Halloween by watching a spooky teen movie. Um, I want to say for the record that my vote for this episode was Scream. I got vetoed, <laughs> uh, which is fine. <laughs> but the reason the reason that I had initially wanted to wanted to pick Scream is because even though the genesis of this podcast was to watch and discuss teen 
romance movies. I feel that the slasher is an indelible part of teen cinema and worth discussing. However, <laughs> uh, the teen, the teen, uh, you know, that this one is, it's, it's not a slasher movie, but just there, there is a lot of teen and children's film that is in celebration of Halloween. And that I think is where this particular choice falls uh, pretty handily. So Marin, would you like to introduce our film today? Sure. Um, and I would like to say for the record, thank you, Martha, for um, accommodating my level of scaredy catness. Uh, because, listeners, I watched a YouTube clip of the first five to ten minutes of Scream and was unbearably tense. Um, and so Martha very kindly agreed to watch the 1993 classic Hocus Pocus instead. Um, so Hocus Pocus was directed by Kenny Ortega, um, written by Mick Jarris and Neil Cuthbert, um, and it stars quite an impressive cast of Bette Miller, Sarah Jessica Parker, Kathy Najimy, um, Thora Birch, which I forgot about, um, and then Omri Katz um, as our main character, Max. Um, so the the setting is Salem, Massachusetts. Um, at the beginning of the film, we see in you know we are in the the seventeenth century, and the three Sanderson sisters um, cast a spell on a little girl um, to absorb her youth, um, so that they can you know remain immortal. Um, and they are interrupted by the girl's brother. Um, who they curse uh, to live forever as a cat. Um, they are, however, caught and all hanged. Um, but they set it up such that um, they can be resurrected during a full moon on Halloween whenever any virgin lights this particular candle in their house. Um, and then we fast forward 300 years um, to 1993. Um, Max is newly moved from Los Angeles to Salem. Um, his younger sister has him take her out trick-or-treating. Um, the girl he has a crush on in school invites him over to the witch's old house, which is now a museum. Uh, Max... Uh, lights the candle in kind of a moment of bravado. Uh, bravado. We will say. <laughs> uh, and brings back the three Sanderson sisters. Uh, the rest of the movie follows them wreaking havoc on the town over Halloween. Um, they cast a spell on the Halloween dance. Matt's parents are attending. To kind of like make them dance till they die. Um, they reveal their grand plan is to um, entice all the children to their cottage and suck their youth out um, so that they can live forever. Um, and they have to do that by sunrise. Um, so Max and his sister Danny and his crush Allison um, try to thwart him. Uh, 
There is also the Sanderson sisters apparently had a lover. Well, really two of them, apparently. Um, and they sewed up his <laughs> mouth. Uh, one sewed up his mouth due to his infidelity. Um, and he gets raised from the dead um, to try and help them. I, I, I don't know how much more, like, detailed I can get about this. Like, I feel like just the phrase hijinks ensue is a good, like, yes. descriptor here. Um, hijinks ensue. Well, and hijinks ensue, and they are eventually able, the children are ava- able to thwart the Sanderson sisters long enough for the sun to rise and their plan to go up and smoke. Yep. Um, yeah. So yeah, that is the plot to this movie, which I have to tell you, I have not seen this movie probably since I was a child myself. This was not one that we frequently rewatched. Um, and so I did not remember many of these story beats, or probably honestly didn't really fully understand them when I last watched this movie. Um, um it had also been a while for me. Um, I do remember enjoying this movie as a child, which is good because as an adult I really did not. Oh dear. Oh no. I I would be willing to go so far as to say I think this is a bad movie. <laughs> oh, I think this is a bad movie, but in the best way? <laughs> I mean, uh, Bette Midler sings no. I'll put a spell on you. Like I feel like this is one of those that, movies where, okay. you, where you just so, have to like let go and be like this is bonkers. But okay. Well, but see, this is the problem that I had. I don't think it was bonkers enough. Oh, okay. So my problem, my problem with it, so I had a couple issues with it. I wanted, I don't like that the witches are dumb. The, mm. the witches are so dumb. And I think that that makes, that takes away a lot of the juice that the movie has. Like, there are a lot of really scary ideas in this movie that it's not willing to commit to actually being scary. So it ends up just being super doofy. See, and I love the doofiness. Like, that is like the level of, I love that it kind of takes these scary tropes and makes them silly. Like, I I, I think that is the whole point. And, um... I totally get how your mileage could vary on enjoying that, but I, I frankly really did. I thought that, like, they went far enough out that it it just kind of lost most tethering to reality, and I was fine with that. I was like, sure, I'll be in this wacky world where these 17th century witches come back and, um... Well, Doug Jones and I, is I a guess zombie crawling I... out of a grave. <laughs> well, and actually, that was that's a really good illustration of what I'm talking about. Because, like, the idea that two of these sisters were having an affair with the same man, that Midler finds out, sews his mouth shut, and turns him into a zombie, like, that's horrifying. And when he shows up in the movie, he shows up to kind of groan a little get his fingers cut off in a manhole cover and then kind of help the kids out at the 11th hour. Like it it feels like they didn't 
do anything with that concept except just kind of bring it up. Yeah, and I think so. And then you have Sarah and then you have Sarah Jessica Parker over here in like full oversexed pedophile mode. And I was just like, there are a lot of choices happening that I don't know that I'm comfortable with, SJP. Oh. I don't know. Like it 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 gives you so many things and then backs off of them so hard that I kind of I was a little bit like either commit to being doofy or commit to being scary. But this kind of waffling between the two didn't really work for me. See, I think it really worked for me because they, I think that because it was just doofy enough, it like suspended my disbelief um, enough that I was like, sure, like we're in a children's version of Halloween and I guess I didn't, I don't think that it it, stay, it created a fun enough, like, surface level to me that I was like, sure, I'll buy this as, like, a wacky kids adventure story that's got, like, a few spooky things, but not too spooky, and, like, is a little over the top. Um, I mean, I think that... The performances, like, I think the kids' performances were winning enough. Like, I mean, Thora Birch um, is just such a good actor. And, um, oh my gosh, I've already forgotten his name, who plays Max. Um, yeah, Omri I think the kids were Katz. fine. Like, I feel like they were believable enough um, without being, like, stuffy. Um, and then, yeah, and then I think that Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Kathy Najimy were just so, like, over-the-top and wacky, um, and caricatures. But, I mean, I'm kind of here for Bette Midler, like, singing a dance number in the middle of, of a, like, Halloween party to make them all dance until they die. I- like. <laughs> I am too but like we don't really get to s- so she sings that song and it's implied that they've all been cursed but then the movie doesn't show us any of that like we just get them leaving the party after it's all over um, and looking really exhausted I don't know I guess I could have used more scenes of people actually being in danger I think I I see what you're saying and I I I think to me this just circles back around to like I think it it's so firmly rooted and not even like a teen movie but a kids movie like our hero is a teenager but I really I mean I really think the audience for this movie is kids and so I could see how they really would keep the caricatures broad and keep the spooky elements pretty tame um because they're they're commodifying it for kids um and i well yeah except that except that i think that does kids a disservice because i also think kids like to be scared more than adults kind of give them credit for i i mean i think there's a place for movies like that for sure i mean i'm thinking about like my favorite movie as a 
probably my first favorite movie was um, The Last Unicorn. And that movie is scary. Which, terrifying. Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, so I get that. I think there's a place for that movie. Um, but I think there's a place for this movie, too. I, I think that, whereas, you know, The Last Unicorn was definitely my favorite movie of young childhood. Um, I think this was a, I, I, this makes sense to me that I enjoyed this movie as, like, in my, like, intermediate years, because I think this is for, this is a movie for a kid like me, who, like, really didn't want to be scared that much. Um, I mean, I went to a spooky play outside in the woods when I was six, and I couldn't be alone in a room for months. Like, so I was like... (laughs) Um, I thought that was an exaggeration at one point or that I misremembered it, but oh no, my mother clarified, like, I was, I had, like, nightmares, I, like, had such a vivid imagination that, like, I would just imagine these ghost stories. So, for me, like, this was, like, the right amount of, like, spooky, where, like, it's very clear that everyone's gonna end up okay, that, like, these spooky concepts that if you think about it a little harder really are scary like you're talking about with billy but like they're wrapped up in the trappings of like a stage show and i think that's really appealing for some kids so i i I think there do need to be movies like last unicorn that really trust in kids ability to be scared um i think there's a place for movies like this too that like use those spooky trappings but are telling a much tamer story um And I mean, I think that there's definitely some criticism that can be leveled at this movie. In some ways, it's like the kids bop of Halloween movies. You know what I mean? That's a very, that's a very good description for it. Because yeah, I totally get and agree with what you're saying. And I guess what my main criticism comes down to is that I think it could have been everything that you're saying and also been a little bit smarter. Sure. Like, I, 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 I... I there, totally there agree are... with you. The witches should have been smarter. In some ways, making them too doofy did remove some of the stakes. Like, uh-huh. I think you could have kept a lot of the comedic feeling, like, kept it as a very, kept it as a funny movie, while also making the witches a little more dangerous. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I, I definitely think that they could have thought they could have definitely done some smarter writing for the witches. Um, and they could have made them. And, okay. Cause I'm actually okay with them being just transparently going to fail. Like, I think that's fine. Cause like I said, I think they're, they're. Oh, I, but then there's no conflict in the movie. <laughs> like, even if, even if we as, even if we as, as viewers know that like yes probably the kids will win the witches will be defeated and everything will be solved by the end of the movie that doesn't mean that there can't be tension and i never felt like there was tension in this movie yeah i mean they definitely could have i guess okay i guess this is the way i would put it is they could have focused on our heroes being a little smarter and, like, the witches being not quite so easy to thwart um, and giving them some smarter writing. Um, 
I do think, and I'm trying to think of a good, like, analogous movie that maybe does See, that a bit me, better. For me, the analogous movie to this should be the original Witches. I think I've never seen that movie. It's... I think Adult Marin would like it. I don't know that Kid Marin would have. But that movie, I think, does a really good job of balancing, like, the the weird and kind of silly, like, Roald Dahl element while also, like, these witches are scary, and if they catch these children, they will kill them. Like, I think it does a really good job of balancing those two things in a way that I wish this movie had been smarter about. Yeah, I, I get that. And I think, I, got, I would just circle back around to, I, I think that... I get what this movie is trying to do, and I think that there is a place for it. Um, I think that, yeah, I think it definitely could have been smarter. Um, but I appreciate that it just kind of goes all out on using the imagery and the trappings of, like, almost to a like, absolute extreme, like, using the imagery and trappings of Halloween to tell a fun story. Like, I think that it's ultimately uninterested in the danger that these witches could pose. I I think it's interested and in... And that doesn't, that doesn't bother you? No, that it because... presents this, this thesis and then is like, oh, but actually we don't care about this. No, because... I think what it is interested in is these kids' experience of Halloween. And to me, this movie felt like what a kid's experience of Halloween should be. Both the, like, trappings of this spookiness, but also ultimately this feeling of safety. Um, and that, and, like, the pageantry of Halloween. Um... And I was okay and with see, that, but I, I can like, also like, see how you were not. Like, I can see how, I, I can absolutely see why you want this to be a different movie. Like, that makes complete sense to me. I don't know that I want it to be a different movie. I just want it to have made different choices. <laughs> <laughs> can we talk a little bit about how the witches capture the two so there are two kids who bully max at the beginning of the movie and they steal his shoes and at one point the witches have them in cages in their house and max comes max and allison are there to rescue danny his little sister and they fully leave those two bullies to die like the the two bullies are like save us too and they're like nope peace out I mean, I thought the implication was that they were just... Because the, the witches don't... Okay, I'm trying to remember the order of, like... I thought the implication was that, like, someone was going to find them later and let them out. I don't know. Either SJP or Bette Midler has a line about, like... You know, because Max is, has rescued Danny, like, 
what are we going to eat now? And the bullies are both like, eat him, pointing at each other. Oh, okay. I am seeing in the Wikipedia article, so they, they are last left hanging out, biding their time in the cottage. So the implication is that someone is going to go in there at some point to inspect things and let them out. Okay, but I don't know that Max and Allison know that. <laughs> okay, that's fair. <laughs> I was just like, I don't know that I disagree with your choice, but that's a cold choice, man. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, he's he super stole your shoes, but mm, this is kind of doing a second degree murder. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I think it makes sense to me. I would have been very surprised if this movie did not go out of its way to show us that those two were fine. Um, did it, though? Yes, yes, it it shows them okay. uh, they are imprisoned and singing a song to pass the time. So, is is okay. what Wikipedia after the after the Sanderson sisters get defeated? Yes, exactly. So they are they are hanging okay. out there. They'll get found by somebody. Um. Yeah, that scene. I was just like, huh. The okay. And there is a lot. Like I feel like the ending is so rushed. Like so much just happens um at the end there um that yeah it it makes sense that that i think will get lost um but yeah they are i would have been shocked if they would have been in like an exploding building or something like i i did not i feel like i would have been like wait what if <laughs> I, yeah i think i i think that's why i remember like seeing them still in their cages because i was like wait what about those boys sarah jessica parker's care uh sure was making um some character choices there <laughs> yeah and i yeah my sense was that it was i mean I was just going to say, I, I'm not sure how else we're supposed to interpret her character. I mean, every every time, I mean, she, she talks about having a boy to play with, like, so often. And every time there is anything male on the screen, she's like, boys! I don't know, it was very upsetting. Like, the the, the children they're talking about are children, and she is a grown woman. I don't know. Do, do you think that there was a, a different way we were supposed to be interpreting her reactions? Um, I think, yeah, I mean, it definitely, I think, came off. So, okay. So, I, to be fair, I think my interpretation was through the lens of, like, Pied Piper of Hamelin type legends um, is honestly what it made me think of. Well, and she, I mean, she has the, the song moment that is her like luring them to the house that I, I definitely see that, but it using the phrase like, or using the words like, let me play with him as frequently as she does. Mm. I don't know. There's, I I have a hard time picturing that the like designs and 
line choices and dialogue choices for her character were selected in in any way other than to be extremely sexual. Oh, yeah. Which is a very strange choice for this kind of movie, which in all other ways is so kid-friendly. And then you have SJP, whose costume has her chest hanging out and who speaks in this really, like, breathy, um, like, sexy whisper and is constantly talking about playing with boys. And I did not really know what to make of that in the context of the rest of the film. Sure. I guess, yeah, to be fair, I think I was... So just like, oh, they're doing like a Pied Piper family type thing that I did not delve into that as much. Uh, I could I could fully see that. I um, I was more focused on the fact that they kept talking about uh, that uh, Max is a virgin. That's kind of what stuck out to me. It's something I didn't understand as a kid. I was like, wait, what? Um, so I was maybe so focused on that that I did not, um, really focus on Sarah Jessica Parker's character in that way. I also just want to say that it is wild to me that this movie expects me to think that Max is the first virgin child to sneak into that house to light the candle on Halloween. Yes. Like it is so, it is so easy for them to get in there that I was like, other kids have absolutely done this. It is bizarre that you want me to think that this is the first time this has happened. Yep. Yeah. No, that was woof. It's just, and and I think it's little things like that that just all kind of stack up where at the end of it, I'm like, Ugh, I wanted to have a good time, but you guys are making it so hard. Oh. <laughs> what did you make of the scene with the um, man dressed as Satan? I, um, I got that as a joke on like, Gary Marshall and Penny Marshall, like, I thought that was kind of supposed to be, like, a joke of, like, those, like, sitcoms that they used to star in, um, you know, like, Happy Days, like, I got that that was supposed to be kind of, like, a play on Happy Days vibe, I think, um, but yeah, that seems really weird. And it was so weird to me that he was just, like... It's the Sandersons. Like, I I could not tell if the movie wanted me to think that he actually knew who they were or if it was an extended gag. I think it was supposed to be going on. Yeah, I think it was supposed to be an extended gag. I don't don't know. I had I had trouble with it because I was like, I think it went on a little too long for me to think for me to ultimately find it funny. Or it was like too much of an adult gag slotted into this kids movie. I don't know. There was something very off about it to me. Yeah. I mean, I think that they took what could have been a like 60 second. Oh, 
oh gosh, there's Gary and Penny Marshall. <laughs> um, and and dragged it out. I think that was definitely dragged out. Cause yeah, when he when when the, when the, like it's our master Satan, and he's just like, yeah, sure, whatever. I'm like, wait, what's go? What? I I think the implication um, was just that he was such a doofus that he didn't even pick yeah. up on that. Well, because he knew, or at least he he thought he knew who they were dressed dressed as. Because he calls them the Sanderson sisters. I think I think it's supposed to be like he has not even thought through the fact that like the legend of witches is such that they get their power from the devil and he's dressed as the devil. Like I think he's I think we're supposed to think that he has not put those together. So he's just these these three women show up on his door and he's just like, yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah, yeah, I I think that's supposed to be the gag, as he's just totally oblivious. Uh, yeah, I I yeah think that one got pulled out a little too long for me, which that's is also fair. wild because this movie is only like eighty four minutes long. <laughs> um, I I first so I have seen this movie before as a child. Um, but when Max and Danny roll up to what turns out to be his house and like she and her family are having a very strange highfalutin party where they're all dressed as like daughters of the American revolution. Mm-hmm. I thought it would have been a fun twist if we found out that like her family was, um, like related to or involved with keeping the Sanderson sisters under wraps or something. I don't know. She's in a very fancy colonial dress for like 12 <laughs> seconds. Well, and, and her to go do something else. <laughs> and her mom um runs the museum. Like that's how they get in. So clearly they have True. some type of True. connection. How wild would it have been if we'd found out that like her parents manipulated the situation in some way to get the kids to light the candle and bring the witches back? As some part, of, some kind of like small town horror conspiracy. Oh, so di- I mean, it's a it's a different movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, like a little but, runaways element for, there. <laughs> yeah, for a stone, for like a cold minute there, I was like, "What if these rich white people are <laughs> practicing black magic?" <laughs> <clears throat> So we just got confirmation on Twitter the other day, possibly yesterday, that uh, Bette Midler, Kathy Najimy, and Sarah Jessica Parker are all totally in for a sequel to this movie. Um, Which, since all three of the sisters pretty definitively die at the end, leads me to ask, what does a sequel to Hocus Pocus look like? Um, well, I think the book was left at the end, so I think that it would oh, ha- it would have to be something happening 
you know, the book somehow, like someone putting the book somewhere or doing something with the book that brings them back. And do we want the same kids or do we want new kids? I would be okay if it was a, like, next generation thing. Um, I would be here for that. Like, if it was, yeah, you know, Max or Danny as a grown-up. Um, that'd be fun. Um, but it doesn't have to be. It could... I think Danny. I think if we, if we went with one of, I think Danny as a like early twenties, and then maybe some younger high school, like she comes home from college or whatever, and some high school doofuses do something with the book, and she's like. Ugh. Now I have to rescue your dumb butts from this danger you've put yourselves in. Yeah, I'd be here for that. Um, Because, yeah, I think Danny was definitely a more compelling character than Max, so. Yeah, I thought she was fun. She, She was definitely the smartest character in the room. I really enjoyed the bit right after Max lights the candle when the witches come back and she was like, Twas I that brought you back. Don't hurt me. I'm on your side. <laughs> I was like, that's quick thinking, girl. Yeah, she was there on her feet. She was ready. Um, Yeah, I think there are like multiple points in the movie where she figures things out. And I mean, obviously, Max gets his little like hero moment at the end by jumping in and taking the potion and stuff. Um, But yeah, I think most of the movie like. Danny definitely comes up with Binks's help, comes up with the plans. Yes. Oh, how did we feel about Thackeray? The cat cursed for eternal life <laughs> as fine, a cat. Fine. Which, oh, sorry. I mean <laughs> I was just gonna say it, it eternal life as a curse always seems a little weird to me. Um but also, I guess if you're a cat, like, that does kind of suck. And your whole family is dead. Yeah, and, like, the fact that he, you know, was completely cut off from his family and, like, did not get to, did not get to have a relationship with his family. Um, yeah, I mean, I think you kind of need that, like, wise old mentor character. Um. Because otherwise, like, I think he provides some needed exposition. Um, and not, not a, like, full, like, deus ex machina, but I think, like, you do kind of need him to come in to, like, level the playing field a bit. Well, and it also gives you, um sort of a it, it there's more of an emotional investment into defeating the witches like it's not just that they're dangerous but also like this kid that we open the movie with like he's also got a score to settle yeah i think it makes sense like he's had all this time to like build up both his score to settle and like knowledge about what to do i i do think that I do think in part it made stuff a little too easy for our heroes, but also they only had a night to fix things. And again, I think this movie clocks in at like a tight 84 to 90 minutes. So they, they did, 
some way to kind of move stuff along. Yeah, yeah. They had, uh, they kept it moving. <laughs> and the that moment when he when he gets hit by the bus, and then his body reinflates, is a moment like that's one of the things that I always think of when I think of this movie. Like that was an image that really stuck with me as a small child. <laughs> I mean, I think in all ways, it does really encapsulate, like, what this movie is about. Like, this, like, there are these boundaries of safety in this movie. Like, you know no one's actually going to get hurt. Everything's going to actually be okay. But then there are, like, wacky moments. Like, oh, yeah, he got hit with the bus. And reinflated. Like, literally reinflated. <laughs> yeah, any other thoughts about Hocus Pocus? Um, well, I definitely on any future rewatches will be watching Sarah Jessica Parker's character more closely. And it's really, it's really upsetting. Like it's, it's really, it's so creepy, but not in like a fun Halloween way. Okay. Well, you've given me a lot to think about there. In like a, I don't trust you around children and not because you're a witch kind of way. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I did not consider those implications and will definitely bear that in mind the next time I watch. Um, That's that's also just very interesting to me because I couldn't help but see like it seemed so uncomfortably obvious to me that it's it's very interesting that it didn't come across that way to you or like you weren't um not that not that I think you were a negligent viewer just in that way that it's like oh I thought this was obvious but clearly other people didn't think so was it actually obvious well and by same token I'm having like the flip you know I'm doing the the reverse in my head of oh my god did I miss that like oh my god that's horrifying (laughs) so you know, so that's good. You've given me, I mean, that's the best kind of discussion about a movie, where you, you've given me another potential way to interpret what I had just written off. So, that's good. So, um, what would we recommend to our listeners uh, to enjoy alongside of Hocus Pocus? Yeah, so I would recommend I went with more the witch direction rather than like zany Halloween. Um, so I took a little more serious um route. Um, but um I would recommend and for folks who more are just interested in witches, less like the the tone of Hocus Pocus, um, The Witch's Daughter by Paula Braxton. Um, and it's got kind of a similar, like, there are parts set in the 18th century, or 17th century, excuse me, there are parts set in present day, um, and it's about a witch, um, who watched her mother hang, um, in the 17th century and has been kind of on the run for three centuries, um, and it starts to catch up with her. So it's... You know, kind of part like there's historical romancy elements, there's fantasy elements, um, a little in the vein of Discovery of Witches, um, which I think is a better known similar kind of book. Um, but yeah, and it is the first in a series, so it does have a few more. Um, so The Witch's Daughter by Paula Braxton. Um, similarly, I also went with a book about witches. Um 
My pick is How to Hang a Witch by Adriana Mather. Uh, Adriana Mather, the author, is a direct descendant of Cotton Mather, one of the uh, foremost players in the Salem Witch Trials history. Um, and she wrote a book that is sort of a fictionalized version of her family history that also includes way more ghosts. Um, it is about a girl who moves uh, to Salem with her mother um, and is finds herself embroiled in um, kind of high school wheelings and dealings with the popular kids who are all direct descendants from the different people who were um, accused of being witches during the witch trials. Mm -hmm. um, like I said, there's also a ghost involved uh, haunting the B&B &B that she and her mother are setting up and a curse that they have to unravel. So it's sort of horror adjacent. It's not really scary. Um, but it gets into the history of Salem and the witch trials in a really accessible way. Um, and also uh, gives you an opportunity to get to know um, kind of what the like backdoor issues were that fueled the fires for the witch trials. Interesting. Um, Whenever I hear... Her oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, no, keep going. I was going to say, whenever I think of Cotton Mather, I think of that TV show from a few years ago, Salem, in which he's a pretty prominent character. <laughs> did you ever watch that? I did not. It is absolutely off the wall bonkers. I, I it don't sounds know. bananas. It, it was absolutely bananas. I think I only got through one season. I don't know if I liked it. But it sure was something. <laughs> it left an impression. Sure. <laughs> anyway, that's when I, that's what I think of when I think of Cotton Mather. Fair enough. All right. So, uh, Marin, what are we what are we going to be enjoying next week? Uh, so next week we are going to be enjoying the or who knows if we will actually enjoy. <laughs> We'll find out. Uh, discussing. We, next week Next week we'll be discussing. We'll be discussing um, the 2008 movie Ghost Town starring Ricky Gervais, Tia Leone, and Greg Kinnear. It is on Amazon Prime. Um, and we will see if, I, if it holds up to my 12-year-ago memory of enjoying it. Well, we're all we're all new. We're all different people than we were twelve years ago. <laughs> Thank goodness, right? That is for the um, best. <laughs> uh, but until then, if you enjoy this show, you will love our sister show. Did you do your homework? Which releases on opposing Wednesdays from this one on the same feed, so you don't even have to subscribe to two different shows. You can also find us on social media at all the places at DYDYH Podcast. Again, we share social media with Did You Do Your Homework? Uh, and I should mention that I co-host that one with Pete, Marin's husband. 
Um, our next episode on that is going to be about folk horror, where we talk about Midsummer and the 1973 Wicker Man for a very different scare experience from Hocus Pocus. <laughs> on a very, the very opposite end of the scary spectrum. Yes, that is accurate. Uh, Marin, where can people find you on the internet? Um, so folks can find me on Twitter at a underscore star underscore danced, where I tweet. Um, I have been trying to to be off social media, so I have been tweeting less, but uh, generally tweet quite a bit about uh romance novels and the state of Minnesota and maps. Um, so if any of those interest you. Uh, feel free to give me a follow. Martha, where can folks find you? Well, I am still extremely online because I don't know what is good for me these days. Um, but you can find me at all the places at Magical Martha, including at tinyletter.com forward slash Magical Martha, where over the past several days I have been tweeting or I have been sharing a growing list of the top 100 scariest movie moments in film from 2010 until today in memory of the Bravo TV 2004 um, five-episode miniseries, The 100 Scariest Movie Moments of All Time. It's my favorite TV special. I miss it every year. This is my homage to it. Um, I believe at the moment we are through 2014. Um, I was supposed to publish 2015 today. Could not get my act together. That'll go up around the same time as this episode, probably. Um, I believe that is it for us. And if it's not, I'm sure that Pete will add any other announcements <laughs> I have forgotten in our post-production. Um, but until then, Martin, this has been a delight. Have a happy Halloween, everybody, and just remember that we love ya. All right. Woo, we did it. I always feel... Yep, I always feel towards the end of that that I'm a little bit a snowball rolling down the hill. So, like, I'll get to the end and just be like, <gasps> <laughs> Yeah, you're like, oh, okay, I can breathe now. <laughs> yes, I got it. <laughs>